could create havoc inside. It's going to be a problem because now you can run all those games with he and Trayvon Walker off the edges. A bit of room in the middle. The back gets free and trying to get outside. There's room to run. Chris Playbrooks is the only one that can stop him. And he shoves him out of bounds. Near the four-yard line, the handoff to Ford, and he slides uh, through and into the end zone for a Cleveland touchdown. First team All-SEC led that lead with five interceptions. Dobbs just runs away oh, and threw the ball up at the last minute. And Ford pulled it in for the touchdown. And here's the handoff to Scoop Connor, who is buried in the backfield by the blitzing safety, DeAnthony Bell. Four unanswered point streak. By the Browns. Newton holds the ball, rolls out to his right. A flag is thrown. He turns and slings the ball, oh, and it's intercepted no. in the end zone. And a touchback. Second down to five. And Beathard's in the shotgun. Turns and fires, and this one is taken away from Tim Jones. Oh, wow. And Beathard's the only one that can save the pick six. And they're not going to do it. Second quarter turnover. And now you face the prospect of going down, trailing the half. Uh, he just muscled him. He just took it away from him. Emerson, their third-round draft choice. Big, lanky guy, long arms, broad shoulders, just muscled his Welcome to the uh, OBR post-game show for the uh, Browns-Jaguars preseason game that just wrapped up. Browns win 24-13 in a game that, uh, you know, is a win, I suppose, in the record books. But, uh, boy, for the first half, it certainly felt like more of a loss than a win to me. Uh, I, I felt, I kind of, boy, I kind of I identified with how Bucky Brooks was sounding in a lot of those clips. He sounded audibly disappointed, and, and I think that's how, how we many, were feeling. In the... <laughs> how many times can you go, oh, man. <laughs> I think I heard I four audible oh yeah. noises from him. That's funny. He he cares. He's invested. I like to see it. Uh, yeah. So that and that's boy, that was us in the first few drives, wasn't it? I mean, uh, the I I welcome in obviously Jake Burns here to to uh, to recap the the Browns uh, victory over the Jaguars. But I think we have to start with the. I mean, the most important news of the night is is it looks like Nick Harris might be out for the, a long time. Yeah, it changes things, doesn't it, Andrew? It's it's tough, especially, you know, it's it always takes me back to like uh, the the movie Major League, where they say the first pitch tells the story of what the season's going to be or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the first play he gets rolled up on. I need to go back and see sort of how it happened because I didn't see it in real time when we were doing the show uh, live there. But yeah, it it's the way he left, the way he looked. It is. Uh, whether the Browns now have comfort with somebody in-house to play center. I know Hans, Dunn have experience at center. Ethan Pojich obviously comes over with a wealth of experience, although not a very good player overall. He Ooh. comes over with experience uh, from Seattle, uh, and, and and now they're kind of going to have to figure out what to do with the, with the center position. So it's going to be fascinating to see what they do because at the minimum it feels like Harris is going to miss some portion of time, and uh, hopefully there's no structural damage there. Uh, to to avoid missing serious time but yeah that's just a tough blow to have your first play from scrimmage result in a player being carted off especially a player who we're all excited about in his third year 
exactly. Uh, he's done a great job reshaping his body and getting stronger at the point of attack, all that stuff. So it just took, I thought, from my perspective, Andrew, it took the wind out of the sails quickly. Not only was it a, it was the first play, a nice little play action, and Deshaun overthrew the, the over route there, but um, then you lose Harris. It kind of like just, just felt like a major, ugh. Now, it's not week one. It's not a game that really matters. And obviously things flipped and we'll get to that. But especially I thought that set the tone from the very beginning of, you know, wins can the guys know what preseason is. It means nothing. It really, especially for those who know the 35, 40, who know they're making the roster, who know they're going to be every down contributors. And then you just get this sense of like, I don't want that to happen to me, man. You know, it's, there's a lot of that stuff that goes on mentally. So I thought, I thought it, it hurt their overall focus, put it that way. And it was reflective on the offense's performance, especially first quarter, but into the second quarter as well. Let's go real quick, Andrew. Let's look at the stats. I'm going to read these through, okay? Just real sure. quick. Yeah, we'll fire them off. Uh, Jerome Ford, I would say everybody would say player of the game. A phenomenal mm-hmm. effort from him. 10 carries, 57 yards, a touchdown. John Kelly gets 10 carries, only 20 yards. Dobbs had one for nine. Darius Johnson had three carries, zero yards, and, and, a, and a fumble. Not encouraging there to, to see him fumble the way he did. Dobbs, efficient night, 10 of 13, 108 yards, a touchdown. Rosen, also efficient in his time, 6 of 7, 56. Deshaun Watson, one, five, one, of, uh, one of five for seven yards. As we know, a couple drops didn't help that scenario look any better than it already did. Uh, leading receiver, also Jerome Ford, four catches, 45 yards. And we're going to talk about him. I'll, I'll leave my analysis for his receiving play to a little later, but pretty comfortable doing it. So impressed there. <laughs> Uh, Nikia Griffin-Stewart had a great game of tight end, uh, uh, fighting for that third tight end job with Miller Forrestall. Three catches, 37, nice shoestring catch. Uh, Baldwin had a nice game, too. He had uh, three catches, 25 yards, and some difficult catches in high contested situations. Uh, a couple of them were, uh, you know, balls he had to get out away from his body. I thought he did a really nice job with that. Uh, otherwise, John Kelly or Johnny Stanton had one catch on a little play action dump off for 20 yards. John Kelly had two for 14 out of the backfield. Miller, Miller Forrestall had one for 11. And that kind of wraps up anybody who did anything meaningful there. Eight tackles for Dakota Allen. Defensively, Tony Field, seven tackles. Javante Moffitt, four. Sacks on the game, two for Isaiah Thomas, one for Moffitt, uh, one for Rochelle, one for Chris Odom. And I believe that's it. Martin Emerson had an interception. Herb Miller had an interception. We know Martin Emerson's went 74 yards the opposite direction for a touchdown. We mentioned uh, Dearness Johnson fumbled. We have to, we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention Jerome Ford fumbled after making a really nice catch and run. He fumbled up the left sideline on a late going toward the ground situation. And then um, defensively, DeAnthony Bell, peanut punch, fantastic uh, knockout from him. He had a forced fumble, and the recovery was by Richard LeCount. Real quick on the Jag side, standout performers. Trevor Lawrence was 6 of 12, 95, and a touchdown. And, um, you know, running the football, they didn't really run the football very well at all. They only ran, uh, let me see here. So they only ran for a rushing net of 77 on that side, uh, despite uh, carries and like 22 carries is what I think they ended up with. So uh, receiving Zay Jones had that for a long catch, 32 yarder. He ended up with 47 on the game. Tim Jones had five for 42. Uh, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell had two for 27. So anyway, I'm not going to spend time on the Jag side, but uh, the overall numbers, 254 net yards for Cleveland, 267 for Jacksonville. Jacksonville, because of that first half domination, 21 first downs to Cleveland's 15. They were both teams pretty putrid on third down, 4 of 12 for Cleveland, 3 of 13 for Jacksonville. Jacksonville ran 17 more plays, but Cleveland had a full yard per play more. 83 yards for Cleveland on the ground, 77 for uh, Jacksonville, and 190 for Jacksonville through the air, 171 for Cleveland. The, the penalties, which we're going to talk about, 11 for 139. 
yep. um, for Cleveland, 139 yards there, four for 34 for Jacksonville, three turnovers by Jacksonville, two turnovers by Cleveland, uh, four punts from the Brown side, and Jacksonville gets about five minutes more of possession. And I should also mention Cade York on the game. I don't see kicking stats on the NFL's uh, stuff here, but he was a, he was perfect. I don't think he had any issues in the kicking game. Uh, overall unless i missed something i did not catch some i was catching up in the fourth quarter i didn't quite catch the very very end of it but i think he was a pretty good debut for the young Mm -hmm. man so yeah let's let's roll through some things we wanted to talk about those are your stats uh for the game let's roll through your some topics i think you've set out for us to hit on andrew yeah yeah i mean i think you covered the 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 highlights well and and some of the standout performers but uh to go back to the beginning of the game and and kind of talk about that feeling when the first team offense, because I think that's the biggest takeaway here, right? Is Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson played in a Browns uniform tonight. And uh, after the off season that we've spent of talking about all of his off field issues and, and the Browns decision to pursue him, I think getting to see him play uh, for the first time was, you know, uh, much anticipated. And I, you know, I think it, it uh, fairly or unfairly disappointed because the, the first team offense looked, I would say generally disjointed. Um, one of the players that comes to mind when we talk about that is Anthony Schwartz. He had two drops and I think, uh, those were his two targets. So I think he was Oh, for two and dropped them both. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned before, I think the Nick Harris injury, uh, could have played a role, pardon me for the first team offense, uh, struggling and, uh, struggling to find its rhythm. So I, I guess just, uh, across the board between Schwartz's problems, Watson's debut and the offense, the starting offense generally looking, uh, pretty bad uh your thoughts on their performance oh i think when you look at the first group it was it was pretty flat from the rip and and i don't think they were running the football too effectively in the chances they had i mean watson you go if you go possession by possession he misses that first throw right uh on that boot fake and then that kind of counter actions to fancy mm-hmm. loves that run action stuff and then schwartz drops a little slant a quick slant two-step slant on the next one so that's Another, you know, situation you're putting yourself in third and 10. They don't get anything out of that third and 10 scenario. I actually think they ran the ball in that third yeah. and 10. Um, punt it, get it back, bobble. You know, I think either – I haven't seen a close-up of it. Bobbled mm-hmm. snap, doesn't get a good handoff exchange. It's a, it's a, it's a net negative, and then the next play is a fumble. Third drive, you come out, you get a holding call early in the possession on a play where you got out of the pocket with Watson knowing the things that he can do. And, uh, you know, I know this play wouldn't have happened regardless. It would have gotten called back. But Schwartz drops another one kind of wide open with nobody around him. So you're kind of asking yourself right now, we'll do comprehensive reviews on both sides of the football when we get the all 22 and talk to you a bit more granular. But you start to just worry about Anthony Schwartz. We talked about him in the pregame. And like, I I mean, I'm just I'm just really concerned that that right there is the uh, rollout throw that he dropped. uh, Mm -hmm. It would have been it would have been a 30 yard, 40 yard gain. I mean, there was nobody around him. I don't. I don't know, man. It's hard for me, especially when I'm looking at, you know, the 21 draft and, and two wide receivers behind him taking Zaman Ross St. Brown, who's phenomenal in Detroit. And it's like, it's really, really that. hard to feel optimistic about it. I don't know. You ask me, what is he going to do? Well, well, he runs well. How mm-hmm. does he run? Well, he's not a right now speed guy. He, he gets tough speed. He can really move, but I'm not seeing that portrayed on the football field in terms of the impact twitchiness to get to top speed. So I'm worried about that. I'm willing to give him a chance. He's got to catch the football at the root level, the base level of every single thing a wide receiver does. He has to catch the football. And like, I don't know after last year where he got dinged up and had the rough go of it with the Mayfield situation. And like, he had some decent moments at the end of the year, but he's not consistently catching the football in camp. 
from every report that you gather. And, and he shows tonight just almost overwhelmed. And, and it's almost clearly to me a mental thing with him right now. It's just kind of hard for me to, to see a path to contributing. And we've all kind of pegged this young man as the fourth receiver, which is still important. They're not going to run 10 personnel a ton, but that guy is a rotational player who will find 20 snaps a game and is the first guy up in any injury scenario. And I just, what does he do well, Andrew? I don't have a thing to answer for what he does well right now. I have no answer. He was not, nobody, it surprised me, nobody else was involved in the return game all night. It was Bradley, Jamarcus Bradley. Like, I was surprised nobody else got a single opportunity to return anything. So then on top of that, if this guy, if this type of player is not even returning kicks or punts now, when they've lost their best return option that they went out and signed to alleviate you from doing that, Mm-hmm. I start to question how he makes roster sense. And I hate doing that for a second year player, but please point me in the direction of how he makes the most. I mean, I think they're going to keep him because you give a guy two year run, but it, I don't know, man. I really don't know. And you and I have been pretty vocal, whether last night's show or times we've gotten together about this need to, 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 to figure something out to improve the basement of your, wide receiver situation i'm not you're not going to find ceiling raising guys at this point but you can find guys who lift the lower level to a respectable tier and i'm just like you know i'm not talking grandiose wide receiver issues i mean coop didn't play bell didn't play dpj a little bit they other you know it's it's disjointed but but when you look at him i mean it's hard it's hard to envision where this is going and i'm i'm actually i've gone from we'll see to like, I'm concerned. I'm really yes. concerned about this player. So yep. that's kind of where I'm at. I don't really have a ton of other takes on the first group of offense. I think Watson, it's hard to yeah. get much from. It's really mm-hmm. hard to get much from that. That He missed one blatantly obvious throw the first one. Yep. Other than that, everything, you know, that second possession's a fumble before anything happens. And then the third possession, they're in second and 17 and yep. third and third and 20. And it's like, okay, what are you really going to do? So, um, you know, Andrew, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts from the first group? I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of negative. The penalties, yeah. they had four penalties, three technically registered, but yep. that Schwartz drop right there, they dec- it was second and 17, so they declined this blatantly obvious Jedrick Wills hold. Right. Uh, they didn't decide to accept it, so it was technically four from the first team offense alone. Right. So mm-hmm. disappointing, disappointing yep. performance from those guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the context for me is that I've, I've, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're not. I haven't been to training camp. I don't live in the state, so you're trying to read between the lines from what you hear. And and what I've heard a lot from people that are there is that there will be individual plays that look good, but I haven't heard a lot uh, generally of impressive stuff from the offense so far. I, it's early, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're two weeks into training camp functionally. Um, and uh, we know that there's been a lot of players out hurt, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I think that there is a growing sense of, you know, between not having Watson for the entire season, we know that already, Mm-hmm. Uh, needing to rely on a, a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, and and then you see this, I think, fairly or unfairly, the thoughts of last year's offense start to creep back into your mind a little bit. And I know that that was a product of its circumstances, and certainly an injury to the starting quarterback or two injuries that that he played through. Uh, but but tonight was really, it felt to me reminiscent of that offense, it, and not the Baker Mayfield part of it, but the we're putting ourselves behind the chains. You know, we're we're committing penalties when we can't afford to commit penalties. We're dropping balls we can't afford to drop. We're making offense hard. And that's that's yeah. what I saw tonight in, in just a few series that made me it, – it was a flashback to, you know, that uh, week eight Steelers game where they, they couldn't put up more than 10 points against the Steelers at home. So mm-hmm. I, I think that they're – you know, I'm not ringing any alarm bells. I'm not running out of the house, you know, yelling. But, but I, I think there's real reasons to be a little more concerned than maybe we would have been um, and, and I think, you know, we, I think at the OBR, generally the consensus was the quarterback, uh, wore a lot of that, uh, offense on, on his shoulders last year. But, uh, when you start to see these troubles, you, you know, it, it makes, it makes me at least start to maybe second guess that a little bit. So, yeah, some of its mentality, right. I thought Jacksonville showed up to play and I thought Cleveland showed up to practice. And I thought That's that war, that wore itself in the beginning of the game, um, yeah. I will be very interested to see how game two goes home uh, mm-hmm. one o'clock primetime slot. It'll be covered. I think it's a nationwide coverage game. So like, yep. um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we should be discouraged from the yes. first showing, yep. not, not no one's panicking it's the first yep. preseason game. It's not what That's we're doing, right. but, but it is a sense of uh concern, just like it's just a concerning performance. I need to see mm-hmm. them flip that, flip that. Now, Again, the Browns have been a top 10 penalty team the last two years, and even dating back to 2017, they've been an, a, at or around the top 10. They need to figure out a way to trim the penalties, man. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and it's just it's just being hyper-focused, hyper-aware in the right place at the right time, doing the right things when you're supposed to do them more often than not. I mean, some penalties are just unavoidable, like yep. the roughing the passer call where Alex Wright's hands are going up and he lands down on the ground and his hand happens to hit the face mask of the quarterback. Those are yes. things where you're like, ah, what are you going to do? But Jedrick Wills being lazy and getting beat inside and grabbing, hooking exactly. a guy, you know, or, or, or somebody just not being in the right position and not getting their head on the right side on a clipping call, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's it. But, but, but from, from the beginning, I mean, to, to reiterate, I'm not concerned about Watson. I'd love, I'd love to see him get another game. I don't know if he will, 
Right. I really like to see him get another game. His his we're not going to go into it, but his pregame comments are sort of fascinating in the trend line of settlement and mm. like being able to open up a bit more about the situation. Uh, we won't, like I said, we won't delve into that here because we talked about it in the pregame quite a bit, but um, we'll see where that goes. I would really love to see him get another run with the first group next Sunday. A reminder, that's a one o'clock game, um, but it doesn't doesn't seem like that's going to come to fruition. We'll certainly see Jacoby Brissett, and the, and the matter of Jacoby Brissett is Kevin doesn't play his week one starter in the first week of the preseason, so that's an indication to me by all accounts it is his job, and he's going to be the quarterback for the first six weeks. I yeah. only say that because of the things that have been floated out there about Jimmy Garoppolo, who now with Zach Wilson's uh, rumored ACL tear is probably a leading candidate to go to the New York Jets. And honestly, this is the situation we are talking about, Andrew. It's a pessimistic conversation, but do you hold on to Baker Mayfield until the very last minute of the preseason? Because you never know when these things are going to happen. And that is why Baker Mayfield would have been a heavy candidate to get a better return if you'd gone to New York. But nonetheless, that's water under the bridge. That's over. I'm just saying, like, this is why we talked about it the way we did about no sense of panic, because these things typically have a weird way of coming to fruition. But, but nonetheless, back to this game, well, let's move on from the first guys, right? They, they were they were not very good. Um, the first team defense, I think the thing I liked is that they were put into uh, the, the, the first possession. And again, A.J. Green playing the slot the whole first half and into the second half, pretty fascinating. A guy that we had not seen in the slot playing nickel much at all. We know that's probably going to be Greg Newsom's role, but A.J. Green getting those second reps is an encouraging thing. Thought he was fine. J.O.K. moving around really well. Um, I thought Jordan Elliott had a couple moments uh, of encouraging play. Delpit filling gaps. I was encouraged with the first team defense and a very vanilla showing. I liked that they kept the uh, Jags out of out of uh, the end zone on two red zone appearances, and especially like the quick change, right? The Dearness Johnson fumble that is a what's what's deemed in football as quick change uh, scenario where you are on the bench and you're chilling, and then boom, something happens. You got to get back out on the field. They held him to another field goal, so I did like that. I was encouraged by the first team defense, obviously missing all of the important ingredients to their formula. Uh, but a lot of guys who are going to matter on Sundays got some reps, and I, I was encouraged by them. Uh, and then, you know, when you're talking second team, and we'll we'll, we'll dig into it right now, Andrew. Yeah. Let's talk about Jerome Ford, man. I thought Jerome Ford was stellar, and I thought Josh Dobbs was really efficient uh, yes. in his opportunities. So, so hit me with your highlights of the second group, which was again so much more encouraging than than yes. what we saw from from the first group. Yes. Once we made it through that first quarter, uh, things started to really turn around. Before we get into that, I just want to clean up a few news things. I've seen a few questions in chat. About Nick Harris, uh, Stefanski said in his postgame presser, Harris will have an MRI tomorrow, and they will announce more about that. And he also said that uh, Jacoby Brissett is expected to get more work coming up next week in practice, and uh, will will play in the third preseason game. So, sounds like he'll be he'll be heavily involved with the Eagles' uh, joint practices next week, and then and you know probably. I would guess we'll likely start the third preseason game. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that it might be Deshaun Watson's only action uh, in the preseason this game, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. Um, and you can see though, Andrew, my point, yeah. which is the rust and like hundred percent, it's not a video game. It's not yeah. that this guy comes back in and he hits the ground running and it's just, yeah. it's just, everything's flowing. Like it's going to take time yep. for him to get right. Like you cannot miss as much time as he has missed, like his last start, his last actual live bullets flying moment was in January 3rd of 21. Right. And it's, it's, you know, it's August, mid August 22. So that's a lot of time. I do think over the course of the contract and early into his first year, getting full time again, like he's going to be fine. He's too talented. He's good. But mm-hmm. to think like he gets 12 games and blah, we're juiced up. Deshaun's back for the last four or five, whatever. You got it. You got to understand that stuff, man. Like he's, yes. it's gonna, it's gonna take a ramp up period, 
and I think he'll be fine. And I thought he had his moments again and very brief chances had some moments of delivering the football where it needed to be, but just like, it's an example that we need to be reminded that there, he needs action. He needs to see it. So, yeah. Uh, and I knew that and we talked about it in the pregame, right, man? I was like, who's going to be the first one to fire off $230 million for this? <laughs> it it was all too on, predictable. On cue, on cue. All Absolutely. too predictable, yeah, which is throw. fine. But but yep. again, I do think that, folks, you really have to be realistic about when he returns, about him just thinking he's going to hit, boom, he's going to hit 350 and three touchdowns. Like, right. it could happen, but I'm just, you got to temper those expectations. You know, he's got to get a full camp and a full a full preseason and, and then get back into live game action and get that flow stuff out. He'll be fine. He's too talented. But for now, the over reaction stuff is just it's just it's silly but anyway um to your point Dobbs efficient nice job getting the football where it needed to be Jerome Ford not just the power stuff that we know he has just very bursty in different ways like the stop starts good had some nice peripheral vision the Mm -hmm. catching the ball very soft hands You, you 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 certainly like uh, the way he displayed the ability to catch football. But I always look for like, okay, they call it phone booth wiggle, right? If you were in a phone booth, could you make a guy miss in the phone booth? It sounds kind of sounds kind of silly, but that that quick swivel of the hips, they call them oily hips, man. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you have those, you can make guys miss in space. And I certainly think he had some display of that where he had that. And again, that was the, the ball that he fumbled. But, um, you know, that that play where he made a couple, three guys miss, in a really, really short area of the field there. I'm like, that's the little wiggle stuff you like to see. So powerful runner, vision stuff displayed. I feel really good about Jerome Ford. And and I know it's early. It's one performance. If we're not going to overreact to the bad, we can't overreact to the good. But you just look like you yep. asked this question. Does a guy feel like he fits? Yep. I feel like he fits. I feel like he looks comfortable in the field. I feel like he understands what they're doing offensively. He was comfortable lined up out wide, which are all things very good catching running back. People pointed this out very articulately, and I thought the film agreed with it from his time at Cincinnati. They didn't give him a ton of chances, but when he did get chances, he was efficient catching the football. So a ton of encouraging things from Jerome Ford. Those guys stood out to me, you know, and and we were talking about this on air. John Kelly could be a back somewhere. He's in the worst possible situation to ever find NFL running uh, attempts in Cleveland. I think he could be an NFL back somewhere. I'm not sure totally where that would be, but I think he could make a roster somewhere. But he stood out to me. I mean, we got to dig into the All-22 to look at O-line play to get a real great feel for how those guys played up front. But he stood out to me. I thought uh, Nakia Stewart, the tight end, mm-hmm. who, again, these guys are fighting like crazy for those uh, opportunities. He's out of Pittsburgh and is, is uh, te- technically his first year out of Pittsburgh. Um, I, I actually think he's told um, – I'm not sure if he's not a rookie, but he's he's still. I'm not sure if he's got enough NFL uh, time to be considered a a second year player. Right. But um, just some nice catches. I mean, that, that's that's what you have to do is string together some nice efforts. I thought he brought that chew top uh, ball yeah. in from Rosen on the booth that I was encouraged by, and uh, another moved couple. Well. And yeah, I thought he moved well too. So yep. those are guys that stood out on the offensive side of the ball. I thought, and and again, um, to, to just just kind of close up on receivers guys getting opportunities to catch the rock Dalen yeah. Baldwin stood out I mean in terms of just making some of those tricky catches and situations that were tight mm-hmm. Marcus Bradley nothing really serious uh, on the return game and again that's kind of largely what the NFL return game is anymore catch it get yeah. five six yards and don't get killed right, right. so yeah. um but the wide receiver picture is th- we we're pretty vocal about needing to uh to add some things to his uh, suitcase uh, in terms of uh, you know some yes. of these guys like different types but you know, Cooper gets there. I mean, they, they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine with some of the top guys. I'm just worried about the depth. I'm just worried yeah. about the depth and how that sort of ends up shaking out. We'll see. But, but again, you, you leave just so overwhelmingly disappointed in 
the direction of Anthony Schwartz, it's really yeah. hard to feel super duper optimistic about the offense, despite some players having a nice game. And they, you know, they put up uh, what seventeen points on their own. The, the Martin Emerson return we're going to talk about, but uh, I would give them a C, C minus collectively, yeah. uh, and, and largely influenced by the starting group struggling the way they did. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think... Uh... <clears throat> to, to your point on Ford, it's it's interesting that the, the Browns continue to have such outstanding depth in the running back room that uh, Ford comes in first professional game. And, and I think to your point, looks like he belongs right off the bat. And, you know, it's you, you always understand level of competition, but a, a player like that could potentially, you know, I, I don't think I would be uncomfortable from what I've seen if he had to, you know, touch the ball this season in, in a depth uh, role. So it, it makes you ask the question. I asked the question on Twitter during the game. Is there a way that Andrew Barry can trade from a surplus of running backs and maybe bring in another wide receiver uh, mm-hmm. through that method? Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt made that trade request this week that, uh, you know, kind of came out. And as soon as it came out, it went right back in and, and he was yeah. out practicing with the team again, you know. So, yeah, that was weird, but, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. But but when you've got a, a, a running back with that much money, you know, six six and a quarter, you know, that allows them if they want to maintain cap space but still trade for a player that has a number a cap number it, that might you know potentially that could be a fit of two players that are towards the end of their deals and, and have fairly large numbers for the season so I think that'll be something we'll have to continue to watch uh it, you know as you said it's not that they're they're not going to go out I mean it doesn't it doesn't happen you don't go out in mid-August and bring in a wide receiver who you know is a, is a number two target on your team and catches 80 balls that doesn't exist you know but but can you find a guy that uh if if something were to happen to a, an Amari Cooper or a David Njoku and you needed a reliable second or third option uh, because, you know, and you've made this point for two months, Jake, people are expecting David Bell to walk onto the field on September 11th and, and be ready to go. And there's no guarantee he didn't play tonight. Mm-hmm. So he's got two preseason games. If he can make it to get up to speed, there's no guarantee he's ready to go September 11th. So there's a good chance when they go to 11 personnel for the first time, that'll be Anthony Schwartz. And I, after, I mean, it's it's what you said earlier. After tonight, I don't want to see that. No, I don't either. And that's a, a big part of our, our uncomfortable nature of this, this situation uh, at wide receiver is um, the baseline bottom of the bottom of the five they keep or six they keep in town. So Mike Woods got to get back and see if there's anything there. And there's some other, um, you know, there's some other moving parts. But like, yeah, I'm 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 certainly of the of the oak that they still need to bring somebody in. Um, Yep. Uh, which is just, it's just, they should be doing it sooner than later uh, at this point. And if you're not pushed over the edge a little bit by tonight's results, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yep. Somehow, some way, the guru, Anthony Reinhardt, has snaps <laughs> ready for us. So I'm just going to read some important snap count yeah. numbers. Josh Dobb got, uh, Deshaun at 10, Dobbs had 29, Rosen 15, uh, Dearness Johnson uh, only had five, Demetri Felton had seven. Um, but John Kelly, 28, Jerome Ford, 21 wide receivers, Peoples Jones and Swartz don't only play 10 Jamarcus Bradley and Javon Wims played 22 and 21 respectively. Mark, Mike Harley, the, 
a UDFA from Miami actually led the group with 31 snaps, 15 mm-hmm. from Dalen Baldwin. Um, uh, tight end Njoku and Brian didn't play much. 10 snaps, 5 snaps. Forrestall played 23. Nakia Griffin-Stewart had 17. Uh, Zaire Mitchell-Payton had 18. I, did Marcus Santos-Silver, was he hurt? I didn't know if he was hurt. He was he not play. listed on, the, on the, the, the players not playing because of injury, so that's not a good sign for him. Not a good sign at all. So he was a DMP with no injury. Okay, uh, offensive line, Nick Harris. I'm sorry, Nick Harris got into the second snap. I apologize. Yeah. I've been wrong about that. So that was the second snap. So, yeah, add that. Watson airmails the first throw. Schwartz right. drops the second throw, and you look back at the O-line, and your center's down. So, yeah, mm-hmm. my bad about that. So hopefully people haven't killed me. Uh, Teller played 10. Jedrick Wills played 10. Michael Dunn played 21. Hudson, 23. Pochich, 21. Enhance, 15. That's like your first group. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Petrula, the, the UDFA from BC, who they spent some money on, 44 snaps, mm-hmm. and I did not think he played well. Thought he looked really overwhelmed to tackle. I'll have to confirm that, but thought he looked overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then it's is it Elijah Kansa? Uh, is that in soft? I'm not sure. Um, I think so. Let's go with 65. That. But good. He only had nine snaps, but I wanted to reference that. Brock Hoffman, the UV, uh, the Virginia Tech uh, UDFA 28. Yelda Froholt 31. Uh, nice. Forbes 29. Alex Taylor 25. I did look up uh, pronunciation just to yeah, make sure. I know it shows. I, I finally got that one right. It's actually spelled out Y-E-L-L dash duh for how you mm-hmm. pronounce that first name. Yelda. Yelda, yeah. Yelda Froholt. Like Zelda. Um, yeah, yeah. Legend. Uh, and then Alex Taylor, 22. Dawson Deaton, only three. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, he's David, behind Hoffman then, right? Yep. David and Hoff, Hoffman playing, was he's the playing UDFA. behind the UDFAs right now. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively, Taven Bryan and Jordan Elliott got two series. They got 11 total snaps. Mm-hmm. Togi, 27. Winovich, 23. Rochelle, 22. Alex Wright, 24. 32 for Perrion. 30 for Isaiah Thomas. 30 for Curtis Weaver. 36 for Roderick Perry, the Illinois UDFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LSU UDFA, Glenn Logan at 32. And Chris Odom, 19. So spread out. We thought those guys would all be playing a ton. Yep. Um, pretty big indication of who their top two DTs are performance-wise with the 11 yeah. snaps for Taven and Jordan. Again, follow the breadcrumbs. They'll tell you everything you need to know. The first group of linebackers, JOK 14, Jacob Phillips 14, Sione Takitaki had one additional series where he got to play some Sam, or sorry, Mike, and played 16 snaps total. Mm-hmm. He had three snaps, two snaps for uh, his reps and Sam on those first two drives. So his role continues to be the same as it's always been. Dakota Allen and Tony Field split the field together a lot, 43 and 38 for those two respectively. Willie Harvey, 20 snaps, uh, getting some opportunities. And then Jordan Kunis? Kunis? Yeah. Kunis? Kunasic? I don't know. know. I'm sorry, guys. Trying my best. He had 17 total snaps. So I Mm -hmm. thought he had some impressive uh, shooting shooting run gaps. uh, A couple couple plays. Yeah, he looked fast. Yeah, corners played a little more than I thought. Greedy Williams played 20. Martin Emerson played 30. Uh, mm-hmm. AJ Green played a ton, fifty-one. Um, safeties yeah, are game. it's a ton. It's the most of anybody on the of the list we've talked here. Mm-hmm. Um, so safeties, Harrison and Delpit played sixteen and fifteen. Javante Moffat played thirty-two. LeCount thirty-six. DeAnthony Bell an impactful twenty-eight snaps. Mm-hmm. Herb Miller forty-five. Uh, Lavert Hill thirty-six. Parnell Motley twenty-three. Luther Kirk twenty-three. And then John Johnson did not play. So that's your snap count numbers, courtesy of Anthony Reinhardt. Yeah, so there you go. Fascinating those, stuff all around. Yeah, those will be posted uh, on the OBR tomorrow, I believe. I, I don't. Is that a VIP usually? Uh, no, I think we make them free because um, PFF, yeah. I think, makes it free too. So yeah. uh, we'll have it out there for you uh, to check those out if you want to dig into a little yeah. bit more of those. And I would just say this graphic that Anthony Reinhardt has done, which you will all see tomorrow, 
is that's your depth chart. You know, the Browns that release their unofficial depth chart and everybody goes wild on Twitter for a day talking about who's here and who's there. And I don't think that that depth chart had uh, Brock Hoffman ahead of Dawson Deaton, but I can oh. tell you right now that Bill Callahan has Brock Hoffman ahead of Dawson Deaton. So, and a, and a subtle reminder that the uh, Browns PR staff does those. Uh, for of the course, part. right. So, so it's, it's like it's we yes. we learn as Anthony's point or sorry as Andrew's pointing out, and from Anthony's yeah. work, we learn yes. from what they do. Not yeah, what actions they, speak uh, louder than words, so to speak. Bingo. So, yeah, let's talk yeah. Uh, defensive standouts from the second group. Absolutely, who, who stood out to you? Well, I've got, you know, obviously MJ Emerson, I think, you know, uh, he was uh, up and down a little bit early. And I think, you know, he got picked on once or twice, but then obviously made a hell of a play to steal the ball away from uh, a kid whose name is not coming to mind right now. But uh, I mean, that was that was a, a play of, of pure effort, you know, and then I think also he made a guy miss on the on the return, which is also impressive. I mean, that's you know, a lot of guys get that first NFL taste of glory and it's all a little too fast for him. But he, he looked composed and. And I think overall, you know, had a nice performance tonight. Um, and then I think DeAnthony Bell is the other name at the top of the list because uh, he he got into the backfield on a on a run blitz, I believe it was, and and just the way that he squared up the running back and dropped him was was sort of textbook. And you mentioned mm-hmm. Jake the the peanut punch that he had a little bit later to force a fumble. Uh, he's a player that I believe is 25 years old out of a Division II school, West Florida. Um, Correct. Somebody that was an undrafted free agent, not very highly touted, uh, wasn't on a lot of draft boards. I when I I remember way back in the spring putting together a list on the UDFAs. There wasn't he was one of those guys you had to kind of work to find information. But I believe he won a D two national championship at West Florida. So uh, you know when a guy is that age and uh, you know comes in with that sort of a pedigree, you just you almost don't know what to expect. But I, I think he proved that he belongs on an NFL field tonight. I don't know if there's room uh, in Cleveland for him, but uh, it, he certainly he did more than I was expecting to see from from sort of any of their UDFAs. And, and I think he's certainly in the conversation now for uh, you'd expect to see him a lot uh, next week against Philadelphia. Yeah. And at the minimum, like, you know, you're fighting as a UDFA, like, give me on a practice squad. Give me more exactly. exposure to a team and not to say he's making the roster like Bam Bam, but like. Right just to get a chance to be on a practice squad. And that's like the case with Javante Moffitt uh, dealing with, you know, where you're, where you're getting chances with organizations and it just takes mm-hmm. one opportunity. Right. So yeah, I was encouraged. And again, I use the phrase, does a guy look like he belongs? And I felt yes. he looked like he belongs. I mean, that peanut punch. And again, that's Charles Tillman, peanut uh, Tillman reference. He used to punch the football loose. If you're like, why are these guys saying peanut? Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it's, it's definitely noteworthy that I felt like in that play, there was a little uh, play uh, two chase to the flat and there was a, little button square curl. Uh, we just call that a stick route right behind him. And I'm not sure if he was the guy who was actually supposed to sit on that or mm. if he was supposed to chase, but whatever, he made a nice play recovering. And, uh, you know, like, again, like very good awareness on Ohio state boy, Luke fickle, uh, knocking that ball loose and then had a nice, uh, shooting the gap effort, uh, where he made a, a nice a TFL in the backfield on a, on a little down block duo concept there where he beat the, he beat the down block from the, from the inline wide receiver. So I, again, we need to see more pumped about seeing him in week two against Philly, but I am encouraged. And that's all you can say. You want to, you want to, you want to raise eyebrows, right? You know, if you're a guy getting in the, in the late second quarter and at the second half, like make people talk about you, like we're talking about him because you make enough standout plays. So I thought he, he did a really nice job. I thought Tony Fields looked comfortable in space and did a pretty good job when he was out there. Pretty respectable stuff. Dakota Allen, you can see the limited athleticism scope, but he is a run fill guy. He will 
come downfield and, uh, you know, come up field, sorry, when he reads run and, and make plays in the run game. Thought he had some efforts there, but was exposed when he was put in early in the game uh, by some of, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence's play action concepts, which I would expect nonetheless that yeah. uh, he, he's just not quite the athlete there, especially considering who the Browns have at the top of their linebacker chart in terms of athleticism. But yeah, uh, Emerson got beat early. It's going to happen. Got beat early on a nice throw, nice catch. Uh, and there was another play where I thought he didn't quite close on a, on a slant the way I'd quickly like him to quickly close. But, um, you know, that play is a heck of a play, man. I mean, that play to, to be outside and come through the outside arm like that and rip up and rip the ball away. And yeah, like you said, he just made a little cutback shake move on the quarterback. Uh, you know, quarterbacks, listen, when they start chasing down their <laughs> interceptions, there is no more vulnerable time for a cutback. Think about That's Denzel right. Ward when that Joe Burrow pick at the, at the one yard line, who, you know, they're, they're sp- like you, and I speak from experience here. Unfortunately, <laughs> you throw that pick, you have to beeline at an angle. Cause those SOBs are way faster than me. So I got to yep. take an angle and try to beat them to a spot. And all they got to do mm. is cut back and you're just yep. going to fall and look like an even bigger idiot than you did <laughs> when you threw the original interception. So yeah, I mean, but anyway, great play, great effort. And that's what you want from a rookie trying to fit in. And yep. I thought he looked like he fit in and, and started to get really comfortable as a game We're on greedy looked good to start. Yep. Uh, I know greedy was with the starters, but he looked good, pretty comfortable in his situation. Um, Otherwise, Perion had some nice bull rushes. I thought Isaiah Thomas, yes, nice little set of moves. Yeah, right. Like I think Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas. We we talked about how some people were uh, pretty surprised the Browns got him in the seventh round where they did. Now he's a little older, twenty four, but there could be something there. And it's like to me, would I rather have an older veteran or this younger seventh round cost controlled player? Exactly. You you could see it. So I think he he puts together another strong performance or so. Like. You could see him making it as the fifth, the end, in my opinion, from pure upside standpoint. And he's a yep. great character guy and like works extremely hard. So I'm interested in him. And again, raise eyebrows at this point. That's all I want you to do is yep. make me be talk about you because you made some plays. He did a really nice job. I thought Isaac Rochelle from a, from a veteran perspective had a pretty nice effort today. Ended up with the sack of his own. Um, but, but other than that, Winovich, eh, you know, you can see why the yep. New England was so willing to trade him. Uh, didn't didn't feel all too encouraged by uh, many of his efforts, but we'll peel this back more in the next few days and try to get yeah. you more insights about plays that you just can't see from the TV angle. That's what we try to do here. But these immediate reactions, I feel like we've we've pretty much hammered everything that we should hammer for this game. We'll, we'll dig in more. Snap counts will come. Um, yep. You know, snap counts will come later. Uh, we'll get that tomorrow, and then we'll have some all twenty-two peel back the layers stuff and talk about this game a little bit more but you got to be careful it's a preseason practice game and we don't want to overreact too far one way or the other but you know biggest thing for me andrew is let's find a way to cut the penalties down man got to be a five or less a game and and to have 11 yeah uh extremely discouraging i'm just i'm just interested to see how they'll feel at home if watson plays at home what the uh welcoming is at home because he's getting booed hard and we all expect it it was, it was loud. loud. I mean, Wyatt Teller really? even said that in the in his yeah. in-game interview. He said how loud it was their first possession, mm-hmm. and I think that really speaks to what the Browns can expect with Deshaun Watson for at least a, what a year, probably maybe two years. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be gnarly. So they yeah. should be anticipating that stuff yeah. uh, in perpetuity. But yeah, man, some, it was fun because some names. It, it happens every year, but they're, they're just you want some guys to pop out, and there were some guys yeah. that popped out. I I, I think yeah. the the biggest takeaway though, man, is I'm like. I just really needed to feel better about Anthony Schwartz and I, I feel worse. And that part of it is tough because yeah. it's such an important position group. And I, and you, you spent a premium pick on him. 
exactly. And you're starting to get into a dangerous territory. But you know, listen, your Browns won 24-13. You never get mad about wins. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Kevin's disappointed. I haven't heard his post-game presser, but I'm sure he's saying the same things. We're disappointed about the penalty. He's got to clean it up. Yep. Miscommunications, some things here. We did not play well, but your guys won. I thought they played hard throughout the game. And, um, you know, by, by the end of the game, I thought the team with the most talent ended up winning the game uh, collectively yep. from one to 90. So I, yeah. I'm not discouraged. I'm a little concerned about some minor aspects of things here, but, you know, welcome back to the NFL, man. We're, we're yeah. finally back here. And now we got some continual content coming uh, over the next four months. Yeah. So exciting, exciting all around. So yeah. Andrew, shout out to you, man. Great job in the pregame. Thanks for stopping by the, uh, the in-game stuff we did on playback, yeah. which I thought was a, a pretty good success. We had about yeah. 155 people, 144 average for that. So that was great. And had over 100, 120 of you hanging out with us after the game. We'll, we'll keep doing what we do, man. We're going to have pre now in-game and post-game for you. Every angle of your Cleveland Browns coverage, you can be found every here. Every minute of the game and, and, and yeah. ahead of and behind the game too. It's, yeah, it's five, it's five hours of coverage basically yeah. when you, <laughs> It's a lot of coverage, but that's where we do it. And special uh, shout out to Ian McBride for the great highlight before uh, the game. Um, You know, before we started this show, apologies for putting that together and hanging out and having uh, great photos up, timely photos of what we're talking about. And to our graphics uh, guy, Seth, who is at Reckless League, who does a fantastic job with all of our in graphics stuff here for shows uh, in terms of overlays and things of that nature and all of our cover photos for everything we do at the site. So team effort tonight. Yeah, that's all I got, though, Andrew. If you want to take us out, man. Yeah, it's a pl- it's a pleasure uh, to be with you tonight, Jake. I had a lot of fun. It's so exciting to be covering actual Browns football uh, and uh, and having a game to talk about rather than uh, you know uh, what what the CBA says about things. So, uh, and thank you so much to everybody that joined us pregame, during the game, at uh, playback, and and here again for the postgame. We appreciate it. We will be back on Monday night for our Monday night. Uh, review show that'll go through uh, everything that we talked about tonight and and probably the fallout of a few things that will happen over the weekend. Uh, We'll hear about Nick Harris's uh, diagnosis and and, uh, we'll see if they make a move in the wide receiver room uh, as we're looking for. There's also the potential for Deshaun Watson news to come out. So uh, be back here Monday night for our show at, uh, I believe it's at seven o'clock on Monday. And until then, go Browns. Go Browns. See you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.